0: To the Gym Podcast, uncut,
1: unfiltered,
0: unreal.
1: Welcome, everybody.
0: Well, wait, whoa! Podcast. Welcome I beat to the gy- do it this Wait, time. no, wait, uh, just have Jim the floor. Have time. the floor. Just go we for it. Had, just go
1: for it. We, we had two weeks off because Jimbo was in Cancun, and oh, we nice. were just extremely busy doing Rivalry Week. And anyway, welcome to the gym Podcast. As always, it's your host Randy with your other host, <laughs> uh, Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> I just wanted to beat you, two at this time. You did. I didn't see that coming, dude. Caught me off guard there. <laughs> Holy
0: cow. Um, but, yeah, like you said, I was off in paradise for the last couple of weeks, followed by Thanksgiving. So I really apologize to the JimboTopia uh, faithful out there for us not having a podcast for the last two weeks. I'm embarrassed. But not as embarrassed as I am in my Wisconsin Badgers losing in Minnesota. Bit of a segue? Bit of a segue, Andy?
1: Yeah. I'm yeah. just kidding. Well, I, I, you have a new coach now.
0: I, I'm over the moon. I'm over the moon. Listen, I think first and foremost, this episode, we have to talk about Luke Fickle to Wisconsin. Randy, I need your thoughts on this as an outsider, because you know my thoughts. I, I, as I, an
1: outsider, yeah. okay, yeah, I think it's an absolutely home run hire. I think it shows that your new athletic director knows what he's doing because he was definitely talking to him and other coaches throughout the season, oh, and yeah. he got not only he got he got more than the best coach available. He got the best coach that nobody thought was really available. That's right. Like he went out and got a dude in Luke Fickle. He's a very good coach. I feel like more than anything, more than the fact that it's a great hire in a vacuum, it shows that your athletic department is competent in doing things correctly, yeah. which is just a good sign overall.
0: Which is shocking. I mean, so for those who don't know, I mean, we our new AD got here a little over a year and a half ago. Um, he replaced Barry Alvarez, who was our athletic director for like 15 years. And I, we love Barry in Wisconsin. Don't get me wrong. He is he is the Don. He's the godfather. But Barry's biggest flaw, I think, is that he was very, very conservative, very, you know, playing it safe. And the safe choice would have been to stick with Jim Leonard at Wisconsin, right? And I think that's what everyone kind of expected was going to happen because Wisconsin tends to play it very safe. So, yeah, for, for this to happen completely out of nowhere, I mean, literally no one saw this coming. Nothing was leaked out of nowhere just one morning. Um, yeah, I'm I'm totally shocked.
1: I'm and here's happy. the thing, as much of an quote-unquote unsafe hire that Luke Fickle is, he's really not an unsafe hire. He no, actually no. runs a very Wisconsin-friendly system with, yeah. a, with a few kinks, which is exactly what I think you guys need. Because like, you can still recruit the same types of players right. that you've been recruiting, but you're going to have a few kinks in the system now that's actually going to maybe allow it to take the next step, especially with the Big Ten West being uh the way that it is for now
0: it's gonna it's gonna be gone in a couple of years but yeah i know what you mean um yeah at least this hire like makes sense geographically i mean luke fickle is a big 10 kind of guy you know he played at ohio state he's coached in the midwest his entire career it's 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 quite the contrast from like a similar ish hire last year when brian kelly went to lsu where that came out of nowhere everyone was shocked but it, it didn't really make Sense in a way, like it's, it's working out, but you, you know what I mean? Like, that was,
1: yeah, I know, I know what you mean because he's not, he's never spent any time in the south,
0: exactly. His doesn't family. have any recruiting grounds, it's been wild.
1: Familiarity,
0: um, needless to say, I'm, I'm extremely happy about this hire. Randy, I know there's a hire in your conference that you're a bit um, upset about. If if you'd like to talk about it,
1: I'm okay. Upset, I don't know if that's necessarily the right choice of wording. The Hugh Freeze Auburn thing kind of it does it perplexes me, but it also doesn't because it's exactly what I would expect out of Auburn. And here's the thing I've actually been a Hugh Freeze defender before I read about the way he treated high school girls when he worked at the high school because oh, yeah, before i heard about all of that it was just kind of like okay he called a hooker on a cell phone that's not good but it's not completely irredeemable right but <laughs> sure. now i'm starting to see the stories come out where it's like so many girls that i went to the high school that he coached at where stories like they made he made them undress in front of him yeah Stuff like that. And I just, that is not good. And they did absolutely no vetting. They didn't interview any of the girls. They didn't even talk to anybody. They were just like, we don't care. We're just going to hire him. And here's the thing. As much as that kind of coach getting hired and having no consequences for his actions and just immediately getting other jobs as Mm -hmm. soon as he's found out doing something bad, as much as that bothers me, what bothers me more is that Auburn, Always talks about less than 24 hours before the hire. They're mm-hmm. saying stuff like, We have the Auburn Creed, the Auburn and we're Creed. A family <laughs> and we have morals and character. And then 24 <laughs> hours later, they're like, Okay. Who hasn't cheated on their wife with a hooker? <laughs> who hasn't? Who hasn't forced underage girls to undress in front of them? I mean, dude, come on.
0: It's been the funniest thing is seeing them say, like, we're all sinners at heart. It's like, I no one's perfect, dude. No okay. one's saying that, you know? <laughs> but, like, come on. Here's the
1: thing. <laughs> I consider myself a decent church-going Christian man. And I understand, like, everybody's forgiven, right? I get that. Everybody's forgiven. But forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation. And forgiveness is not the same as you can be trusted to lead young men in a position of authority. Right.
0: Yeah, he's done nothing since since then to prove to me, like going to liberty, uh, you know, he, he's done nothing to prove that he's changed as a man and that he's going to, you know, improve, and this won't happen again. Like nothing about Hugh Free suggests that he's clean now. Because he never you know?
1: actually had to, he was never punished for his crimes. He never exactly. had to face any type of consequences. And I'm not even the type of person, I know a lot of people are on the, F liberty train and I'm not even one of those types of people but ultimately it boils down to he was never punished he never saw consequences for his actions and he hasn't Mm -hmm. really done anything other than if you dare question my character then that makes you a bad person because we're all imperfect
0: I hate that logic just own up to it you know like just own up to it and 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 say you know I I've learned from my mistakes not going to happen again, I deeply apologize, whatever it is. You know what I mean? That's
1: ultimately what it boils down to, too, is if he would just take responsibility, personal responsibility, and answer for it and say, yeah, this happened, and I apologize, and it was bad. If he would just say that instead of sidestepping it and implying we're the bad people for daring to question his sincerity, then I honestly would have much less of a problem with all of this. I agree. I agree.
0: And beyond that, I mean, beyond the -the off-the-field issues, on the field, I mean... (sighs) Does Hugh Freeze seem like that great of a hire just from an Xs and Os perspective? I mean, is this guy really that much of an upgrade uh, over say Gus Malzahn?
1: No. No. There <laughs> No, just straight up no. Um, here's the thing is that he's a typical 7 and 5, 8 and 4 coach. He beat Bama twice and that's his claim to fame, but mm-hmm. he was like the first SEC coach to really start the new fangled offense. Because when he first got hired, you have to remember the SEC was very much a running up the middle type league. Yeah. That type of league, what the Big Ten is known for being now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he was for, and so he was just early to the draw, early to the game to kind of reinvigorate SEC offenses. Yeah. So I just don't see it, just from a pure on the field perspective, I don't see it really working on what's going to happen is he's going to be an eight and four coach they're going to get tired of going eight and four while bama and georgia are bama and georgia right and then the second he goes seven and five they're going to find a reason to fire him
0: i could see that and they'll have an easy job this time you know they don't have to like make up things like last time to get um their last coach out of there so
1: they have that in their side <laughs> but yeah i mean overall that's that's, yeah. that, that's another thing is like they yeah. literally <laughs> made up stories about how Brian, they literally planted stories about how he was cheating on his wife with hookers or whatever with a right. student worker, right. and then they actually hire somebody who actually is caught verifiably <laughs> doing the same thing. It's like just just be consistent. That's the Auburn all I ask.
0: Dude, the Auburn Creed. This is my first time hearing about that. Like a couple of days ago, when this hire was made. I had never heard of this Auburn Creed before. Is this like a is this like a thing they do down there? Absolutely-
1: yes, they are absolutely all about this. The whole Auburn man type thing, where they <laughs> act like they have moral superiority. I've I've said this for a while, and it's kind of I can't really say it because I'm going to be biased, right? Right. But Auburn is a lot more Texas A and M than people realize. Okay,
0: like cult like is what you're saying, or
1: kind of like the whole plainsman thing and all Wait, that.
0: Plainsman thing. What's that?
1: They they call themselves the Plainsmen.
0: I'm looking this up. Plainsmen, Auburn.
1: Dude, I <laughs> you don't believe is, me. No,
0: I don't know. This is Auburn lore. I didn't know this stuff, dude. <laughs> I didn't know this. The Auburn Plainsmen. That's uh, I guess that's like their school newspaper.
1: this they because they're on the plains and they're the men of you know what I mean. Oh, it's just a little nickname.
0: Okay, okay, dude. This is a, this is interesting. I like hearing this Auburn lore. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure you do. I do.
0: Um, other than that, there was one other, <laughs> other major, hire, major hire. Do you want to guess? Matt Rule. Fat Drool, as I call him.
1: Fat call him. Drool, Matt Drool. Matt Drool to Nebraska. I don't know how I feel about this because like, he was fine at Baylor. Here's the thing. It's almost like his play style has absolutely no identity, mm-hmm. which actually fits Nebraska very well right now. You think so? Well, because they're just known for never having any type of identity on either side I of the ball. I think they, so Like.
0: I think they have an identity on offense, kind of, over the last 10 years or so. It feels like they've always had, like, a super mobile quarterback who just does nothing but scramble, kind of like Johnny Manziel, but less athletic somehow. I don't know if you call it an offensive identity, though, but, I mean, regardless, Fat Drool, which I'm just – just—I'm for the record, I'm just going to call him Fat Drool. I, I am not going to That's call funny. him Matt Rule. Fat Drool, it's too good. It's too good.
1: Well, here's the thing about Fat Drool and – just general scrambling quarterback offenses is mm-hmm. you generally see a scrambling quarterback offense when offenses don't have identities because it's True. an easy way to pick up a first down every now and then. Oh, you're right. And then you get one lucky play and you're in field goal range, right?
0: And that's kind of been their offense for the last 10 years, dude. Like, they, they rely on those big runs from the quarterback, essentially, but, like, really don't get much of a ground game other than that. So I, I definitely can see what you mean. Um, do I think he'll succeed, though, in the Big Ten? Uh, I, I think for the for what it's worth, I think Nebraska will finally be bull eligible for the first time in like five years. I think he'll be like a seven and five, maybe eight and four kind of guy, but honestly I think that's it. I, I don't I don't see him having a very high ceiling, to be frank.
1: No, I agree with you. I see kind of an eight and four. He's gonna make them not a laughing stock. And I Which feel like that's as much as they can ask for right now. And right. that's one of those things to where like them being truly nationally competitive. Is one of those things that's so far away that they just need to get to like consistently respectable first before they can even talk about that. And speaking of, Uh we just had the news that the playoff is expanding in 2024. It's official. So it means you have to be, you don't have to be quite as hyper competitive to really have a shot at the playoff and be in the talks, right?
0: Yeah, but even then, dude, I I think it's going to be a while before Nebraska is like a top 20 program. Like in, in terms of consistently finishing the year, let's say like nine and three even. Like I, I don't see that for a while, especially when the Big Ten West does kind of collapse and the Big Ten as a whole is open and suddenly Nebraska has to play Ohio State and Michigan and USC and Penn State. You, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I just can't I can't see them as a top five Big Ten team that's gonna be making playoffs within the next ten years, honestly. Like I that whole program is a complete joke right now.
1: And you can quote me I will on this. say this. Even though they have absolutely no in state talent at Nebraska, and None. even though they've been horrible for the past like five plus years, they actually still have a decent talent composite that's in the top twenty five. So I mean it's not like I
0: don't know how I feel
1: like their record is a lot shows them to be a lot worse than the program is actually in a state of. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it'd be that difficult for a top coach to at least make them respectable, eight and nine wins.
0: It's it's nuts to me just how far like quote unquote being a blue blood can take you in recruiting. Because Nebraska as a program has just absolutely nothing going for it. I mean, they haven't won a title in any of these recruits' lifetimes, and yet you know when you know a guy like um, Fat Drool is going to recruit kids to Nebraska, <laughs> he's gonna be hamming it up. Did you know we were good in the 90s? Come on. I, dude. Did you
1: see that picture of yep. him in the introductory press conference where yep. he was standing in front of the national championship Ridiculous. banner poster thing? I Ridiculous. was like, come on, dude.
0: Dude, it's it, it boils my blood. And here's the thing, dude. As much as I hate the Minnesota Goofers, I'll give them this. They don't really rely on these like ancient national championships in, in a way that Nebraska does. If you recall Minnesota's the, forget if you recall that Minnesota's the last team to three peat, and uh, I got a feeling as much as I hate the man, PJ Fluke probably doesn't bring that factoid up when he's recruiting guys. I'm just saying. I think that's, well, that's it's bottom. According of the
1: to Jimbo lore, that's because he's all about himself and not what attracts from that's himself. True. Is that right? That's true. You worship
0: a man, not a program. Let that sink in.
1: Uh, Let that sink in. I will say, I hope you realize that you are literally the bad guy in this no. scenario. No, right? like you literally killed Cincinnati's. No, I program. thought about
0: this. Here's the thing, Randy. Here's the thing. Luke Fickle has done more for Cincinnati than just what any other G five coach has done within our lifetimes for a program, other than maybe TCU and Utah. Um, he's got them in a Power Five conference. He's got them trending in the right direction. They're building like some massive new, like three hundred million dollar football facility or something, uh, because of him. Like they're gonna be fine, dude. I, I really think Cincinnati long term is going to be in, in okay in okay shape. Like yeah, they're losing a lot of commits right now, but like it's one year. You know, it's, it's dude, like one class. You took their
1: wide receiver coach and their OC and their running backs coach I, and maybe their DC. Maybe. Like, you literally just just completely cleaned house of them. I'm You, like, you destroyed their program. I'm quite happy. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know, dude. I hope it works out or we are going to be the bad
0: guys. Like, if Wisconsin does suck under Luke Fickle, people are going to be clowning on us so hard.
1: You know what Damn I mean? it would never destroy a program's will to live. Dude, come on. I don't know. I will say that's actually a running joke that we have. Not really a joke as much as this actually happens, is that usually we talk about how we get coaches fired and the reason we do that Mm -hmm. is because coaches that are on the way out oftentimes they get fired right after the Bama week. And we always like to say like, Oh, we got them fired. But I mean we know the reality is that they didn't want to throw they knew they wanted them fired, but they didn't want to throw an interim to the wolves versus Bama type thing.
0: True.
1: They always wait till right after their game versus Bama to fire them.
0: Yeah, just wild. Uh, speaking of being fired, and this is kind of the last thing I wanted to talk about regarding coaching uh, this year, I've been seeing a lot of, like, very serious Ohio State fans implying that they want Ryan Day fired. Like, like very serious. Like, I don't even think it's a joke at this point. Do you think they're nuts, like I do? Or do you think there's any justification to fire well, Ryan Day after this?
1: I'm sure that was a play on words because their mascot is literally a nut. What
0: uh, do you think about that? Uh...
1: <laughs> i thought that was on purpose no. no okay i kind of obviously don't fire the man but i understand where the frustration is coming from because it's different than when Sabin comes up short when Sabin comes up short it's always something different that we can point to that usually gets fixed and then something else goes wrong another couple seasons right mm-hmm. but with ryan day it's the same thing ever since he became coach what five six years ago and it's defensive line, and linebackers. And they're always just soft, too soft to really get it done. Just
0: get them a new DC? The, just get them a new DC then?
1: Uh, it's not quite that simple. And they looked improved this year, but it's still just not enough. And it's, But the, the the point is it's always one fatal flaw that's ongoing that never gets fixed, even though everything else is fine. So they're obviously going to show frustration that one thing that keeps them from winning at all keeps become is still an issue just constantly.
0: I mean, for what it's worth, like you said, keeps them from winning at all.
1: The reality is,
0: dude, they're ranked number five, and as much as I'm sure it peeves you, if TCU or USC lose this weekend, it's very likely that Ohio State's in the playoffs and competing for a national title regardless, you know? So like, Well, I, I don't not get this that defeat. I'm torturing
1: myself with the scenarios, but you need to keep in mind that Purdue are known as the spoiler makers, it's and Michigan that's gonna... <laughs> making Ohio State's home loss <laughs> look worse. We'll, and get, to we leave... we'll okay, get
0: to that. We'll get to that.
1: Not that I'm torturing myself with these scenarios. No, no,
0: no, not at all. I'll say this. Now, granted, I, I understand, like, I'm biased here because I, I, I can't let Ryan Day get fired in the next few years. Because if Ryan Day gets fired tomorrow, Luke Fickle's going to Ohio State, likely. You know what I mean? He's ditching us, um, assuming he does well here, right? Like, if he does poorly, uh, maybe Ohio State doesn't want him, but he's obviously their next guy, it seems. Is, is that fair to say?
1: It did, not necessarily. I mean, I don't know if he's the type of person that cares that much about, oh, it's technically my alma mater or that type of thing. I mean, he coached that does of- I'm looking at his coaching career, and he usually stays at one place pretty long. It seems like he's pretty loyal to the places that he's at.
0: I don't know, man. Like, the reality is, like, if they're going to fire Ryan Day, they better have a home run, like, grand slam hire lined up. And I just don't know who there is that they could hire that would somehow come in and be better than Ryan Day. Because in my mind, he's one of the best coaches in the nation. Like, top three. I mean,
1: apparently they could have had Fickle if.
0: Uh, if.
1: I'm saying they could have had Fickle if they wanted at this point. I mean, but they just didn't take him. I mean, I guess they weren't really in a position to fire Ryan Day, it would have been insane.
0: I, th- I still think it's insane. And I-, I don't know. I mean, I get that a lot of this is just kind of like instant reactions from very salty Ohio State fans. But the reality is, dude, Michigan is just good. Like, Michigan is actually a really good team. And I, I don't think it's all that embarrassing losing to them. Twice. They're a playoff team, dude. Like, they're, they're probably going to the national title yeah. this year. I I, like, I, I, I don't know.
1: Remember, we saw the same thing last year, and they got destroyed by Georgia. I well, will be curious to see if they look better in the. Luckily for LCFC. them, they don't game. face
0: Georgia in round one, likely, because it's probably going to be Georgia one and Michigan two. I'm just Ooh, saying. That's dude.
1: interesting. We'll I'm just, just saying, see how that goes. I'll we'll be very curious goes. to see how that plays out.
0: We'll see how it goes. But regardless, I think it's an overreaction. Ryan Day, great coach. It's so.
1: And also, I want to point out, I'm actually Harbaugh's actually done a very impressive job the past two years. Because I remember last year when he tried to take the Vikings job, he still had a great recruiting class, mm-hmm. and he still he had to get a new OC and a new DC, and the team looks better. Yeah, the that other- just shows that whole the Saban's whole philosophy on continuity with like the with he's trying to get continuity for the for the first time because he's tired of always replacing his OC and DC. Right. But it's really not working out with, I mean, somewhat golding but mostly Bob. <laughs>
0: Bob, dude.
1: Um,
0: but yeah no michigan looks legit Um, with that all the way there uh shall we discuss then? maybe just some of the few games that stood out to us last weekend uh Uh,
1: absolutely i'm ready i kind of wanted to talk about the egg bowl the egg bowl is actually a really cool college football thanksgiving tradition it's kind of taking place of the texas texas a&m thanksgiving game Mm -hmm. um it was interesting it looked like ole miss was going to win it but they didn't they finished eight and four with the same record as Mississippi State, 8-4. and four. And yeah. if the committee chair is listening, we have two wins versus two 8-4 Oh, eight my four teams. God. Here we go. One of them on the road.
0: Dude, Ole Miss has collapsed this season. I mean, they started out, wasn't it like 7-0? And, oh, and they've lost yeah. four of their last five And I games. told you
1: this would happen, right?
0: I just – it hurts me, dude, because I, I was so I was, on board the lane train.
1: I wanted to make an actually very interesting point, is that I've noticed that teams that start off hot mm-hmm. but then kind of – fade off towards the end of the season with a couple of losses in a row in the last weeks mm-hmm. seem to have, like, people view them better than teams that start off slow and then get hot later. True. And I think part of it is because whenever you're, like, 8-0, 7-0 or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're going to be playing in big primetime games. People remember you, While yeah. the team that's kind of started off slow isn't going to be having those big, massive games.
0: Yeah. That's true. Like, think of our perceptions. It, it of messes with people's
1: perceptions a lot because you have to remember, like I just said, Mississippi State and Ole Miss now literally finished with the same exact record.
0: But yet, I think higher of Ole Miss despite them losing and having the same Oak record. Missed. Yeah. Hey, listen, it was a close game though. It was pretty exciting. I was watching it uh, with my dad. It's it's like our Thanksgiving tradition actually is we, we usually watch the egg bowl together. And uh, did. Did you watch it live that year that the guy did the the peeing dog thing? and then they missed
1: the field. That, that was hilarious. Yes, I did. And my parents, so what happened dude. was my dad took a picture of it on the TV. He paused it and took a picture of it <laughs> on the TV. And the thing is, no, my parents have a Google Home, mm-hmm. and what their Google Home does is that it automatically, like, cycles through all of the pictures on my dad's phone. Yeah. So every now and then on, on the Google Home in his kitchen, mm-hmm. I see the picture of the Ole Miss player doing the pissed, peeing, dude. peeing celebration.
0: That was such an important moment in history. I, I remember watching that live with my dad and just utterly dying like I, I don't think I've ever laughed that hard at a football game ever I mean nothing I can't think of anything that comes close to being <laughs> that funny in a football game This everything
1: <laughs> it was great but,
0: but I digress old piss uh, pisses away their season sad to say um, any other games Randy, that uh, you enjoyed
1: I'm trying to think about ones that I actually watched I had a hard time really catching all of them the Texas that. A&M LSU game was insane uh, wasn't, um, I was it was just kind that of hilarious. Game. Okay, so Texas A&M beat LSU by two touchdowns. Okay, I don't know how and I don't know why. Because the thing is, LSU had everything to play for and everything in front of them. If they That's win, true. they're going to the college football playoff, right? But then they just lay a total egg versus Texas A&M. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like I watched this game and I'm like, how the crap did we lose to LSU?
0: My guess is LSU was just caught looking ahead. Like, they they probably realistically were just kind of, you know, over, like, underestimating Texas A&M. And, and though A&M does suck, I mean, they still have a lot of talent. They have the potential to do well in a way that I think most... And that's,
1: that's really the thing still. with, like, people talk about the SEC and, like, talk about these losses a lot, especially people like Freaking Joe Collette, right? Whoa. But he, but I think what people fail to realize is that like even the quote-unquote bad SEC teams still have technically, they're still technically stocked with talent, right? Sure. So that's going to make them dangerous if they happen to randomly have it clipping for one Saturday I mean, out they of the almost, twelve. They almost
0: beat you for what it's worth. So you can look at it like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. Um, you know, one game that really to me, like actually, like got my attention this weekend. Uh, was USC just clobbering Notre Dame? And more than anything, <sighs> I know, I know, but Caleb Williams, dude, did you see that game? He I looked, did see the game. He, he played looked great. Incredible, dude. I mean, that was that was a work of art. Probably won dude. himself the Heisman. I think he did, and it kind of out of nowhere. I think everyone was pretty much we assumed USC was done after their close loss to Utah. I think Caleb Williams' name really wasn't in the Heisman conversation at all this season. And then out of nowhere, these last couple of weeks, dude, they've just been getting big wins and kind of have found themselves in position to.
1: Well, they were very quietly, what, seven and one, eight and one. And it was kind of like we saw, okay, they have to play U.S. or they have to play UCLA, which is a great team, Notre Dame, and then their conference championship game. So there's no way they're going to survive that with their defense, right? But here we are. They have one game left to make it to the college football playoff.
0: They're effectively Oklahoma. I was thinking about this. Like, they don't have a defense, but they have an amazing offense with the Heisman quarterback, with, with stinking Lincoln, dude. It's, it's basically Oklahoma. Like, Oklahoma's making the playoffs this year. That's how I look at it.
1: Yeah, pretty much. That's a good way to look at it.
0: Um, but yeah, other than that, the only other game, I guess we could talk about the Wisconsin game.
1: South Carolina Clemson, <laughs> we've got to talk about it.
0: I didn't Dude, see it. I was so
1: happy. For, I got to watch a lot of it. Okay, I was so happy to watch South Carolina. Shout out, Tash Brown, three one two. Shout out to Tash
0: Brown, on the four.
1: Okay, so South Carolina finished their season eight and four, third in the East, and uh, their last two games are big wins over Tennessee mm-hmm. and Clemson. They just destroyed two team seasons in a row.
0: It's craziness. Um, I just love but, it. It's great. I love it. Yeah, they've. I mean, I've been a big. I've been a big hater, admittedly, of Shane Shane Beamer this year. I've been a big critic of Spencer Rattler, the first Zoomer quarterback in college football, <laughs> but I got to give to him like their their season looked kind of you know kind of sus. They're like six and four at one point, and they found a way they started to get, out one and two. Yeah, they found a way to get really good good wins here to finish out the season. And I think you know moving forward, that's that's a big statement that they're they're really going to try to be a serious contender in the SEC East. You know, I, I get that Georgia's that's... still in a league of their own, but like they could definitely distinguish themselves as the second best team in that uh, division.
1: I think that's very possible because I think a lot of people forget that South Carolina actually has a very strong built-in fan base and they're in strong recruiting grounds. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually, I know when they had Lou Holtz's coach, they went 0 and 11 one year, but yet they still <laughs> sold out almost every game. Like South Carolina has fans and they have resources.
0: Dude. Dude, a real quick segue to that. Have you seen like Nebraska? They, they still claim to have the sellout streak. And then you look so, at actual well, they pictures technically of the game. Have it, but
1: what they do is they joke. do... like, Okay, so we had a long sellout streak that we just gave up on in like 2014 <laughs> where it was like from the 80s until 2014 we technically sold out every game. Yeah. But it kind of stopped having meaning whenever it was like we technically have a sellout because somebody will buy up the tickets and right. then donate them to right. a bank. They yeah. will just give it to their workers who just don't show up there for the game. Right? Yeah,
0: exactly. That's what happens with all these... Um, and like, I, I get it. I get it. I get why... You celebrate it, but like when you look at these pictures, and it's not even close. It's not even close to being full at halftime. It just it rubs me the wrong way.
1: It no, wrong I way. agree. I agree.
0: Um, but I digress. Um, I just wanted to say real quick for those of you who did watch the Wisconsin game. Um, at one point, we were down seven with like twenty nine seconds left in the fourth quarter. Down seven. It was first and goal at the five, and I believe we had back to back to back to back offensive penalties that eventually made it 4th-and-30 to get the game-tying touchdown. And uh, I think that about sums up the season. And I think that sums up why Jim Leonard Leonard didn't get the job. Um, Dude, we've had an abysmal offense this year, and it was painful to watch. It was truly one of the worst moments I think I've had as a fan over the years to see that happen. So...
1: Ooh, it was versus their backup quarterback too. Yeah, Chase Sorry Wolf came in.
0: Down. Yeah, no, Chase Wolf. Well, our backup quarterback actually came in for the last drive, believe it or not. Graham Mertz. Was uh, there
1: our reason was Mertz Yeah. Graham
0: Mertz took a big hit or something like that and uh was kind of limping okay, to the sidelines. I don't know if he was faking it or not, but yeah, our our backup comes in. He's he's shredding him. he's shredding Minnesota's um prevent defense. Everyone's shouting Chase Wolf. He's like a senior, he's like a he's like a he's been here forever. Okay, and people have wanted him to play over Mertz for years, and he had a shot, dude, on senior night to to win this the game, but it <sighs> wasn't meant to be.
1: Wasn't meant to be. Wasn't
0: meant to be. But I digress. All right, then, um, shall we talk about the upcoming championship weekend? Randy?
1: Yeah, I'm ready. I I'm just more in order. Ready. Not see... that I've again, yeah. again, not that I've looked at who's playing who oh, no. and who needs to lose and no, all these yeah. scenarios. Obviously, but I digress. Let's start with Utah versus USC. If you remember, Utah has already beaten USC once the season. Yeah, well, and I stand by this that it's very hard to beat a team twice in one season. You said that
0: a lot last year with Alabama and Georgia, if I recall. And
1: look at what happened. Look what
0: happened. I mean, for what it's worth, I think. I'm not saying Utah's a bad team, but when I look at this and I'm seeing the ESPN matchup predictor saying Utah is going to win 61.2% of the time, and I'm seeing Vegas only give USC a 2.5-point favorite, I just have to shake my head, dude. I I, I don't think it's going to be that close. Like, I think USC's going to win this, I won't say comfortably, but I, 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 I don't see USC losing this game. I, I really don't. I think they are much more motivated. I hate and to agree have it with together. you together. Like they ha- like just think about it, dude. Agree with me. Agree with me. Please.
1: I do agree with you because they're getting hot at the right time. They're peaking mm. at the right time. And that's kind of what it's all about. And you have to remember with the first year head coach, first year starting quarterback, you know, they right. there's a lot of it takes some time to play themselves into their full potential and they're getting exactly. there. They're pretty much there at this point.
0: And for what it's worth, I was looking this up. Lincoln Riley, dude, historically speaking, he does not choke in championship games. He went 4 for 4 in the Big 12 championship at Oklahoma. And in contrast, Kyle Whittingham is 1 for 4 in Pac 12 championship games. So make of that what you will. I think Stinkin' Lincoln's the better coach. I think Caleb Williams is the better quarterback. Who, by the way, look at this up, dude. He has 34 touchdowns to three interceptions this season.
1: Jeez, that's actually much better than I thought. That is that nutty. Very good.
0: He's he's winning the Heisman. He's gonna have another Heisman moment this week. I think USC wins this comfortably. That's all I'll say. All right. A game I that I think it. a game that I think might actually be an upset or at least on upset alert is number three TCU versus number ten Kansas State.
1: Lock of the week. Whoa! Actually, no, I'm not saying it. No, no, it's too late. You gotta say now. I
0: can't. <laughs> Uh, Oh, my God. No, I'll say it uh, for you
1: I really like Kansas State's chances versus TCU. They're a physical team. I feel like they're kind of built to stop them. If you remember in the first game versus TCU where they played at TCU, Mm -hmm. they went up 28-10, to then their quarterback got hurt, and then TCU came back and won.
0: Is their quarterback better? Is he back? Yes. Hmm.
1: Yes, he is back, and he is better. And they're not playing at TCU.
0: Here's the thing. I'll be the first to admit this. And I've admitted before, I have not watched a single TCU game all season. <laughs> and I'm kind of proud of it. I'm kind of proud of it. And I've been a big hater all year, if you recall. I think on the last Jim Podcast episode, uh, before I went to Paradise for a week, I think I ranked TCU a 10 for like the first time all season I ranked them, while everyone else had them at like four. So you know I'm a big critic. I'm a big hater, okay? But I'll be honest, dude, I also hate Kansas State. And
1: I don't think they get it. Why do you hate on. Kansas State? They're the most unbeatable team.
0: Remember that video of? Uh, there's that video that's really cringe from like 2003 or so, where <laughs> Kansas State tried starting the new the new tradition of their power towel, and the oh, uh, the power and towel. the Willie Chan. Come on,
1: dude! They had Darren Sproles.
0: They had uh, Jordy Nelson. I respect him. But no, because of that video, I, Kansas State. Listen, people crap on Wisconsin all the time. For, oh, we're so uncool you're so white and nerdy you know no Kansas state is the single lamest school in power five football it's it's this is a fact this is a fact dude
1: what what's so lame about them they dude? are the what? anti-swag
0: okay they they don't even know what a, a, a gritty is okay i, I I'm serious I dude. feel
1: like they take pride in that in a way
0: I get that but dude there there's the lame school TCU is kind of cool they got the hypnotode you know what I mean they're kind of memey. They got that one meme video of them like, you know, the one that Michigan copied, where they have yeah, like the highlights and saw like incredible. meme, and it's like a, it's like 420 and stuff. Listen, dude, TCU is hit. <sighs> They're happening. Kansas State is not. Give me TCU by like two touchdowns, dude. Honestly, I think they win comfortably and make a statement victory uh, this Saturday.
1: All right, if you say so. Next game <laughs> we have up is. Go for it. By oh, the way, I want to be at a wedding. What? This Saturday, no! So Are you serious?
0: Are you kidding? Dude, uh, on Championship see, weekend? Okay, here's
1: the thing. I don't know. Oh I don't know God. if the bride is a Jim podcast listener.
0: <gasps> Shouts out.
1: Shouts out! out. But I I will uh, say what she did was she scheduled. Okay, so what she did was she scheduled her wedding for the week after the regular season because she didn't want to be that person. But Bama's always in, dude.
0: The Bama's already. That's what I'm saying is I don't think
1: she realized that the conference championship game, like we're probably going to be in it. But she, hey, hey, she got away with it because we're not playing in the conference championship game. That's
0: true. But I mean, Uh, hey, that means we can blame
1: we can blame our whole season on her, right? I think
0: that's fair. I think that's fair. Well, regardless, I mean, uh, this is kind of a timeout here. Do you guys have, like, have you been to weddings where they have, like, a TV or, like, a projector of the that, game up? Okay,
1: that's what she said she's going to do. Okay. She's going to have a okay. way for us to watch it. Okay,
0: I respect that. I think you need that when you're doing, like, uh, you
1: know, a fans it so will be, like, a cool little, like, guest thing and all that. It'll yeah. be cool.
0: Yeah. Anyways, the game, hopefully, that'll be on the TV there. Number one, Georgia versus number 14, LSU. Randy, do you think there's any chance in hell? that LSU can win this.
1: I hate to say it, but oh, no. I do think there is a chance. Biased. Not a not a not a big great chance or anything. But Georgia <laughs> has shown slow starts. They've shown signs of weakness. They have. They've shown that they're not always just coming out and just pushing the other team, like making their ass quit. They were like, dude, taking, like, they were quit.
0: trilling your your hornets last weekend, if you recall. They were? Yeah. At one point it was seven nothing
1: I Almost lost to Missouri too. Yeah. Had a bad showing versus that FCS team or whatever. I mean, I'm North, just saying that yeah. I see I see a path for LSU right. again.
0: Yeah, Georgia looks a lot more sus this year than they did last year. If you recall, last year we were on their butts all season long, calling them a meme team, saying they're fraudulent. This year, I think everyone kind of agrees that like Georgia's good, but they've shown signs of uh, mortality.
1: And also, I think they instinctively know that. Even if they lose versus LSU, they're still going to make the exactly. college football playoffs. So yeah. it's almost like, what's, don't risk getting injured. I mean, Ooh, obviously try like, to win the game, but...
0: It's, it's, it's weird, dude. Like, Georgia historically does pretty terribly in SEC championship games. I was looking this up. They've lost five of their last six SEC championship games. Because they always
1: play games. against us.
0: I, I, I get that, but, like, it's just... I, I don't get it, dude. Like, if, if you really are the best team in the nation, if you're really the defending national title winner who's number one you should come out to this game and just annihilate LSU. Because that's what Bama would do. Like, that's what Bama has done in the past. You know, they annihilated Georgia last year in the SEC championship game.
1: So The SEC, to be fair, a lot of the SEC championship games and a lot of our Georgia games have actually been very close. We just happen to be the team that comes out on top.
0: I don't know, man. I'm like, I'm really, I'm torn on this one. I think more than, I think a lot of people are torn themselves like i get that lsu just lost but i think they lost because they were looking ahead and for what it's worth brian kelly is a decent coach though he's usually not very clutch in these types of games i don't know what to make of it in my mind this is almost like a coin flip to be honest i i, I could see i could see lc winning this one
1: i could see it winning i i'll it'll be very interesting we'll watch it. it'll it be a
0: good one it'll be good one to watch i think georgia wins but it'll be close it'll be close all right
1: Next up, I do want to talk about Purdue versus Michigan because this this is another one of the scenarios. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, what if Purdue, the spoiler makers, beat Michigan and makes the Ohio State loss (sighs) look even worse? The 23-point home loss look even worse.
0: What I think is going to happen, Randy, and this is going to break your heart. I think Michigan is going to clobber them, destroy them so badly that it actually makes Ohio State look good. Dog, Purdue is. Please don't. No, dude. Wisconsin beat Purdue. Like, let that actually sink in for a moment. Well, so did three other teams. I mean... Wisconsin beat Purdue. I mean, they are really bad. Their their best win this entire season was probably against Illinois, which just... No context. If you heard that Purdue's best win in a season was against Illinois, would you be at you know, all the that Purdue?
1: Michigan needed a last-second field goal to beat, anyway.
0: I'm just saying, dude. I'm just saying. Um, we clobbered Purdue... Um, I think Michigan, listen, they're extremely talented. Their style of play is similar to Wisconsin's, except it's actually good. And Purdue does not match up well against it. Purdue, they can't stop the run game, dude. Michigan's gonna run all over them. It's gonna be a blowout. I'm not gonna even you know what my lock of the week. My lock of the week. Not only does Michigan win, Michigan wins by twenty one or more. That's my lock of the week.
1: I could see it being close for two, maybe three quarters.
0: Well that's most Michigan, Michigan just games. Kind of is- Dude, Michigan is so good at halftime adjustments, it's insane. Like, you got to give Harbaugh credit, dude. I mean, i do, unfortunately. They, they are the best in the nation at, at halftime adjustments. Not even close. So, yeah, it, it might be kind of close at half, but I fully expect Michigan to lock it up in the second half and just start piling on the points similar to what they did against Ohio State. All right. I'm sorry, Randy. Fair enough. I'm sorry, Randy. I know you want this one. I know you want this, but you're much better. Your, your odds are much better about USC. I
1: appreciate or... you giving me your honest thoughts.
0: I'm just saying. I guess there's one other other game. Next game,
1: I I would like to briefly talk about Clemson, North Carolina. If Clemson wins, do they have any shot to make the college football playoff?
0: If they hadn't lost to South Carolina, yeah. But no, dude, they, they shouldn't have lost. They shouldn't have lost. It's done. It's over. Let's face it. Dab was washed.
1: I don't know. He's not washed. I mean, they're still going to be, they're not going to be as good as they were in like the mid 2010s or whatever, mm-hmm. but they're still going to always be like winning the ACC and getting to the college club playoff. Dude,
0: but like, you know, those... sometimes
1: if they can peak at the right time with an actual quarterback, mm-hmm. I don't know why they don't just do oh, CJU at this point.
0: That's true. This really, this whole like, season. I, honestly, I think
1: him. it's more to his credit that they're doing this with a quarterback that goes eight for 29. For 99 yards and one touchdown you know and one interception. You
0: know what? You're right. You're right. <laughs> DJ Poo, I'm putting all this on DJ Poo, but he's a junior, dude. He's probably going to be back next year. I, I don't get why Davo is is handicapping himself this badly with this bad of a quarterback. Um, Doesn't make sense, dude. And, I mean, that said, honestly, and I hate to say it, I, I could see North Carolina winning this one the more I think about it you would be
1: hilarious UNC
0: has the better quarterback I mean that's that's not even a question Drake May I mean hate to say it but he's having a good year and I could see him putting up a lot of points against uh Clemson's defense all right all uh, right oh yeah
1: uh, I beat you to it again. Okay, uh, so now we're going to talk about general. <laughs> we're going to go down, like I guess the top nine is where it kind of ends, but talk about general playoff chances Okay. at this point at time. And like, so can they start... make it or not make it, or I
0: guess. Like, and what do they, what do they yeah. need
1: to do to make it? Right, right, right. Or what do other teams need to do for them to make it? Right. Um. All right, so number one, Georgia. I think even with a the loss, they're in.
0: Even if they get blown out? Not that even it's going to happen. Even if they get blown out,
1: they're but, in. They get, they're, they're in.
0: Yeah, probably. Probably. I think they're in
1: Michigan. I think they're in no matter what, too.
0: I think if they lose, but in blowout form, it's it's almost unfathomable. But if Purdue can blow them out,
1: maybe even if they get blown out, I think
0: they're because it's Purdue. That's Uh, a much worse loss than LSU.
1: Eh, it's a one loss team. Eh, they're they're fine. Fair enough. All right, number three. This is where it'll start to get a little bit interesting. I agree. What about TCU? Are they winning in? Because if you remember, TCU they're twelve and zero. Ohio State's mm. eleven and one. If you if TCU loses, will Ohio State jump them?
0: Here's the thing: like it's it's so hard to tell because like it, it feels like there's really not like a consistent precedent for the college football playoff rankings. Um, we've seen teams like Wisconsin in twenty seventeen. Go undefeated and then lose their, you know, championship game and then get kicked out of the top four. Um, So, like, it's possible, but I think it ultimately depends for TCU specifically on how close the game is and, you know, how good they look against Kansas State. Because I think the, the committee does like Kansas State. They've got them at 10. But, you know... If they if they get if they lose by a lot they're out. I think that's it. If they lose by like I, more than I touchdown. would
1: generally agree with that and I think yeah. it's also important to remember um you mentioned this before that you hadn't watched a single minute of TCU before <laughs> before true. this weekend but that's it's the true. thing is this is this is probably going to be a lot of people including probably the committee members true. first time watching TCU.
0: Certainly at least live. So they they yeah.
1: have a lot to show.
0: That's true. That's true. I hope they impress me. I'd like them to win. I'll say that. I, I like TCU as a program. So
1: I hope they win. Number four. Number four, USC. Obviously, they're win and in, but with the loss. I, I would imagine with the loss, they get jumped by Ohio State.
0: I think so, too. I, I think they're on thinner ice just because they already have that one loss on their record. Um, and that's kind of the, the difference between them and TCU. Even though I think USC might be a better team. Like, I think if TCU and USC played, I think USC probably wins that game. And I think the committee probably agrees with me. I think, you know, USC, they, they can't lose. They have to win this game. For sure,
1: in my mind. Not even yeah. close those. Yeah, us. And with that being said, now we go to Ohio State, and it's <clears> one of those things I think if USC loses, they're in. But I'm just not sure about TCU. I think, again, it depends on the the depth of the TCU loss. Well, so they have a path.
0: Yeah, and for Ohio State, I think they need Michigan to just blow the doors off Purdue
1: for what it's it worth. Would, it wouldn't make them their loss look a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, certainly. With that also being said, with Alabama at number six, again, not that I've been thinking about this all week. So we have scenarios where: what if Purdue beats Michigan? That makes the Ohio State loss, twenty-three point home loss, look a lot worse. Mm -hmm. What if USC loses? And what if TCU loses big? I don't think they would put us in over a one-loss TCU if TCU got blown out.
0: No, but you would need USC
1: also lost. You would need, yeah,
0: both Michigan and USC to lose this weekend. I think, which just seems really unlikely, man. I I don't know. Like, are you getting your hopes up for this? No, 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 but it's technically possible. It's technically possible, I suppose. I mean, beyond that, though, beyond Alabama, I know you said you wanted to talk seven, eight and nine, but I, I don't think there's any hope for Tennessee, Penn State or Clemson. Especially Penn State. Tennessee but...
1: and Penn State, absolutely yeah. not Tennessee or Penn State. Mm-hmm. They're they're done. Mm-hmm. But Clemson, um, I mean, they're 10-2. They have a conference championship game. I mean, what if they, if annihilate... they absolutely blow yeah. the doors and annihilate North Carolina, like maybe. But they that would, would also
0: need like Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and USC all to lose. It would, it would be a they lot would, of would... things.
1: Okay, let's look at it this way. If they were to annihilate them, no matter what, they would jump to at least six. Let's yeah, say they annihilate probably. them so bad it's undeniable. Maybe they can jump Ohio State at five. Yeah. Then if USC loses, they could maybe sneak in.
0: It'll be interesting to see. I mean, one thing that is constant throughout these rankings, if you look, the the committee this year seems to really value records. And you know, like the top three teams are all 12 and 0. The next two teams are 11 and 1. The next four teams are 10 and 2. The next two teams are 9-3, and three, you know what I mean? So it's, it's very clear that they, it, it seems like they care more about records overall than maybe a lot of these things we're talking about, like, you know, strength of schedule or, um, you know, h- h- margin of victory, for example. Those things matter when differentiating But It
1: doesn't really seem like they're doing it in a power ranking style. No. It really looks like they're looking at record first and foremost, mm-hmm. which I don't think is a bad thing. I mean, I think that's, Especially in a short season, like they're trying to make the regular season matter. I get that. It's almost like, okay, even though this team technically is probably better on paper, Mm -hmm. they still lost these games. So, like,
0: exactly, exactly. And I think that's why they have, um, you know, USC below TCU. Maybe it's a hot take from my mind, but I think USC is better than TCU. Um, But I get why TCU is ranked higher. So yeah, it just it seems like really there has to be a lot of chaos. That's be like a like a, a historical amount of chaos, Randy, for Bam to get in. And for what it's worth, I feel like championship weekend rarely has all that much chaos going on.
1: I know, I like
0: know. there might be one upset a year, but I can't imagine th- three happening in the same day. <laughs> but uh, who knows, man? It's be a fun time. Uh, Randy, any closing thoughts then on this weekend? The season, this episode.
1: Uh, it's been another fun season. We've both been extremely busy, so it's been very hard it's to really a give you the time that we did last season. But finding our groove.
0: You're finding a groove. We'll be back um presumably next weekend to recap all this and then preview the playoffs as well as bowl season. Um Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to this weekend, Randy. Looking forward to it. I hope Me you can too. watch it. It'll I hope fun. you can watch at least a little bit of this at the wedding. Yeah, I'm gonna
1: be able to watch it. I know I will. It's just a matter of to what degree. I don't know how long her uh, ceremony is going to take. So we'll we'll see.
0: I get that. I get sometimes
1: that. sometimes Southerners like to have long ceremonies. Really? That's the thing. That's the oh, thing. yeah. They like to do like the slideshow and all that oh stuff. Oh, my. The slideshow? I've seen it. I've seen it happen. I don't Dude. know what Midwestern weddings are like. You if they have tell like a fish right
0: um My ceremony was maybe 10 minutes long. But it was also 40 degrees out and windy. So we wanted to get over with quick. <laughs> You know
1: what I mean? Wait, why was it 40 degrees out and windy? It was April.
0: Oh, come on, Randy. Come on.
1: <laughs> I had to do it yeah, to you.
0: Do it. I had to do it. All right, then. On that note, Randy, thanks again for the uh, fun episode here. And looking forward to this weekend. As always, looking forward to uh, recapping the games next weekend with you, Randy. And until then. Absolutely. Until then, we're all dang
1: tied. Almost done. Go Bearcats.